Welcome to Gu Dao Jinqing, Walking the Timeless Way, a podcast that digs deeply into the ancient texts of Tao Te Ching to uncover its timeless wisdom and discuss how to apply it to today's chaotic world. I'm Ian Felton, a practicing psychotherapist and coder, and I'm joined by my co-host, executive coach and consultant, David Wong. Good morning, David. Good morning, Ian. It's great to see you again. Good to see you. After the uh, few first few days of the uh, the lunar new year. Yeah. Um, 新年快乐. 新年快乐. Uh, 你知道今年是什么年? Um, let's see. What is this year? It's the year of the... I forget what what, what is the, the, the zodiac this year. Ox. Oh, okay. Yeah, I haven't been paying um, very close attention this year because this year, um, Chinese New Year, my birthday happened to fall on the same day. So I was really more preoccupied with with that. Was your birthday? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And today, of course, is the Valentine's Day. So uh, through oh, WeChat, yeah. I see folks in, uh, in China, especially the young people, they are celebrating uh, both the, the Chinese New Year and also Valentine's Day. Oh, wow. So w- what might that look like in, in China from what you're seeing? Uh, roses, you know, mm. like uh, it's an opportunity to, uh, to, to display, to show uh, their love. Yeah. Mm. And so the, the tradition from the West of, of giving roses, that's kind of made its way into China, too. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of the Western holidays, I would say, you know, like, for example, Halloween is mm. becoming very popular among kids. Mm. You know, I, mm-hmm. I think a lot of the shopping malls are uh, really uh, setting up uh, for Halloween where the parents can, uh, you know, take their kids to, you know, play in there and also, you know, uh, and the shop. Yeah, it's 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 really interesting to see. I know I was also doing a a lesson this week with my Chinese, and it was about do do people in China celebrate Christmas? And it was talking about how not really many older people, but a lot of younger people are getting like Christmas trees, and for them, it's not religious. It's more just like a chance to um, well the uh, uh, ping. Ping uh, and yeah, so like the Christmas Eve kind of it being the symbol of peace and and tranquility yes. and 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 giving out the apples because in Chinese um, the word for apple of course is pingguo yeah. yeah and the word for um, peace ping they sound exactly the the same exactly exactly yes uh, apple always uh, means that. You know, just like a, an apple a day, the do, you know the doctors, uh, you know, keep the doctor away, right? Mm-hmm. So in Chinese, apple means like you're uh, uh, safe, peaceful, and healthy. Yes. Mm. And so, uh, you know, I know this week we were we were wanting to get into chapter sixty six, which mm-hmm. um, really is about how if you're a sage, how can you help people by being a good leader, which is, is really 
um, you know, some of your expertise and, and management consulting. And, and so I'm really excited to get into this week's chapter and, and ask you some questions about how, uh, how a sage might lead. Sure. Uh, look forward to it. Okay. Well, I'm going to start off by reading the, the Chinese text and then I'll hand it off to you to do the translation. How does that mm-hmm. sound? Yep. Sounds good. Okay. So the Liu Shu Liu Zhang, so this is chapter sixty-six. Jiang Hai Chu Swayi Nang Wei Bai Gu Wang Ja. Mm-hmm. 去前而民不害。So that's always still a, a mouthful for me, but I I'm Wow, you're I can see the you know, I can see uh big progress of the your mastery of the the Chinese language. You are like you are how little 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 better each each time. You are like you are how yeah yes exactly exactly that's well, so cool. Well, I I appreciate that, and I appreciate any of our listeners out there um, being patient with me as I as I get through that that reading. So I I want to hand it off now to you, David, though, and and I'm really interested in hearing your translation of of chapter sixty six. Okay. Um, rivers and seas, Jianghai. Rivers and seas are kings of the streams of hundreds of valleys, Bai Gu Zhi Wang, because of the power of their low position. If a sage wants to be the leader of the people, he or she must speak to them like they are their their servants. If they want to, you know, be in front of other people leading, they must put their interest ahead of their own. So if a leader, if a sage is in a position of power, the people will not feel burdened. If the sage is in front of them as their leader, the people will not feel like they are being manipulated. So the whole world will ask for their guidance or will never get tired of them because they do not like to compete. No one can compete with the things they try to accomplish. So great, great. So I, first, I, I'm I'm really curious and 
what's just your sort of um, Im impression of of this this chapter? What what stands out to you? Uh, well, what Laozi is uh, talking here, I feel is uh, is kind of uh, it is is the opposite of a lot of the mindsets of leaders today. So that's my mm. first big thought. Mm. Yeah. So there's and 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 the leaders that you and encounter are they're east eastern and western. You kind of interact with all kinds of um, leaders. And so, what do you what approach do you think that a lot of the leaders take that that maybe you've uh, encountered? That's mm. and how is it different than the approach that um, Lao Tzu would, would say to take? Mm -hmm. uh, between uh, East and West, you know, there are obviously there are uh, stylistic differences. Uh, for example, um, you know, uh, the people that some of the Chinese leaders I have been working with, uh, they tend to be few in words. In mm -hmm. other words, they tend to talk less or in few words, uh, while you know some of the leaders I, I work with at the, some of the multinational companies, they um, you know they are pretty articulate and eloquent, uh, in, uh they are pretty uh, you know uh, very strong in their uh, uh, verbal communications. Mm -hmm. But those are the stylistic differences, uh, seem to me. Uh, I think uh, beyond those styles, I do see both Chinese leaders and the Western leaders nowadays, um, you know, the norm are more of, uh, more of um, you know, I mean, uh, this position of power, and a privilege, right? I do the hard work, but also I deserve what I get. Mm. Those kind of mindset, mm. as opposed to what's being discussed here. Like, say, if you want to, you know, be in front of people as a leader, you actually put, you know, the interest of the your followers, their interest, uh, before you. Yeah, there's something about the Western mindset where it's like, I should want to achieve and I should want to be recognized. Mm -hmm. And the way to do that is to be on top because when you're on top, everyone has to come to you. You know, you're the most important and, and that's how you get recognized as, Hey, I've really achieved something with my life. And, and I've kind of proven myself individually mm -hmm, mm -hmm. where in, in an Eastern approach, it's, it's more about, well, no, the, the leader actually has to be, um, very humble and, and, and modest. And, and it's not about doing it for recognition. It's doing it because you actually feel like I can help everyone. And that's my motivation for doing it more of this, you know, it's the difference between an individualistic culture and more of a, a, um, 
society based upon community and um, social connections. Mm -hmm. It's interesting you uh, uh, you are observing the you know the individualistic culture versus let's say collective culture. Um, when you look at the leadership styles and maybe mindset, uh, there's uh, a little bit of that, mm. but at the same time, I feel uh, you know in the in the Eastern culture, there are still quite a few people who are putting their interest in mind as mm-hmm. opposed to the collective. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's just the environment, uh, just like in the, for example, in the uh, Western culture, the way you, let's say, you influence other people is usually through persuasion, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, language, you know, you have to, there are certain techniques uh, mm-hmm. you have to employ uh, so that people don't feel like they are like forced to do something. Mm-hmm. I think those techniques, I see more of that. While mm-hmm. maybe in the Eastern culture, uh, because it's also a, traditionally, it's a very command and control. Mm-hmm. Sometimes leaders can you know, uh, less sophisticated leaders, let's say. Like steam, steamroll over, over people. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I think uh, which is sometimes is accepted uh, by the people. Uh, but that mm. doesn't, but uh, what I'm trying to say is um, sometimes it's very dangerous let's say in the collective, uh, like uh, the culture, like the Chinese culture, that people, you know, put the the clothes of the wolf. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in other mm-hmm. words, they, they, they talk the talk mm-hmm. of uh, serving the crowd, serving mm-hmm. the group. Mm-hmm. But, the, at the, but over time, people can see they have their selfish uh, ends. Mm. Uh, in their mind. Uh, but overall, I would say, uh, because they know um, culturally it's unpopular mm. to not to be kind of uh, put your words in terms of, like, like say, uh, in, in the interest of the group. Uh, so you have to uh, be careful a little bit. Yeah, that's, it's, it's really interesting because what I'm hearing from that is that Obviously, human nature is human nature around the world. Yes, yes. And how culture factors in culture, it kind of moderates the style so that um, the leader has to be culturally acceptable. And so they might perform outwardly a certain way to blend in with the culture. But, you know, inside there's still this uh, you know you can't escape the fact that people can uh, abuse their position and and be really self-interested regardless of where they're at you you nailed it i think uh, there's a uh, quite a higher level of uh, legitimacy that leaders you know they have their uh, self-interest uh, mm. uh, in this culture But Mm -hmm. if they go too far, you know, over the years, apparently they've gone too far. You know, uh, I see I've seen some statistics that 
you know, the really the economic, the, the, the compensation gap between mm-hmm. a CEO at a company, a Western company, mm-hmm. and the ordinary worker. I think uh, in the old days used to be like uh, 26 or 30. Uh, yeah. You know, it was a lot now, lower, now, maybe even like 10 times. Right, right. Be, in some, in some uh, you know, companies or industries. But nowadays it's in the hundreds. Yeah, it's like three, four, five hundred times the average. Right, yeah. right. So how do you account for that? You know, I think part of it, you know, it's, um, you know, in this culture, self-interest is uh, legitimate and also, uh, you know, this notion of uh, mer- meritocracy, right? Mm-hmm. If you are capable, then you deserve that achievement. Mm-hmm. But again, it's a matter of degree. If you go too, too far, you know, it's just like a body, right? If the brain uh, always mm-hmm. talks, you know, I'm the only one that, mm-hmm. that functions and mm-hmm. all your hands and feet and mm-hmm. other parts of your body w- won't cooperate with you, mm-hmm. then you're not able to achieve anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's, it's, it's, it's going back to that Taoist idea of, of balance again, that when, when things become too extreme, they revert to their opposite. So when we're talking about things like uh, inequality, you know, when, when wealth inequality goes to the extreme, it reverts to the opposite, which I think, you know, we could say is, is collapse that, you know, when, when societies become too extreme, where a, a very small number of people have all of the, the wealth that, to go to the opposite would, would kind of mean, you know, society would collapse. They would lose all that wealth and then kind of starting over again from the, the ground up. And I think his historians really mm-hmm. support that they've shown over and over again that before uh, civilization collapses or, or an empire collapses, that wealth inequality really gets out of hand. Exactly, exactly. I think also uh, historically, um, if you look at uh, China, for example, sometimes it can go very far to the other end that individuals have to sacrifice Mm -hmm. uh, for the collective, you know, Mm -hmm. whether during the the Soviet style, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, central planning economy, Mm -hmm. you know, in the 50s, 60s, if then there's a, a... there's a terminology for that called a big rice bowl. In other mm. words, people all eat. In other words, people all eat out of that big rice bowl, mm. and no one is really incentivized to work very harder. So everybody right. is just muddling through, and then mm. you know it's because there's no differences whether mm. you work hard or not. Yeah. Why? Why should I exhaust myself when, at the end of the day, I'm going to have the same amount anyway? Why should I? Why should I invest all that mental energy and, and extra time when I'm just going to get the same bowl of rice as everyone else? Exactly. So that led the Deng Xiaoping and the Communist Party to rethink, you know, maybe, uh, you know, in order to create more wealth, you know, maybe let some people to get rich uh, mm-hmm. first and then they can showcase, you know, their talents or hard work or whatever. Mm-hmm. And sometimes even like a tax evasion. You know, a lot of the early entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. you know, in China, there's a, a saying that these people are not 
the honest people, the most mm. honest people. Mm -hmm. They they just evade tax and do something uh, you know ordinary people are not willing to do, but mm. they are willing to take the risk. So mm. they got rich very early. Mm. Yeah, that there's and, and of course you know tax evasion is 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 quite popular around the world. Too. Around the world, yes. Yes, loopholes. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm 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 really interested. There's there's one part of this chapter where it talks about by using his words, the the sage puts himself or herself below others, mm -hmm. and and really focuses on on how the sage speaks. I I, I want to know what do you how does a sage speak? And, and I don't want to, I don't want to generalize or say like, Oh, well, every sage kind of talks this way or has this particular way, but, but what are some, maybe some qualities or um, kind of commonalities that we might be able to identify that would be like, Oh, this person's talking like Lao Tzu's sage. Hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, so you're talking about this uh, particular sentence like Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, early on in our conversation, we talked about, you know, this uh, communication, speaking. Uh, more and more in... Uh, in my profession as an executive coach, I see that uh, companies are encouraging their leaders to be really uh, good listeners. Mm. Because traditionally, to be a leader, you know, everyone is uh, expected to kind of to sh build credibility, right? The confidence with their followers that they know it all. They have the answers. Mm. That's the expectation. Um, part of the, the economy we are in now, it's ironic that, you know, maybe a lot of times the leaders, they don't have the, all the answers because, you know, a lot of the knowledge workers, they are, you know, we are at the core. They are really at the core of innovation or, you know, mm -hmm. delivering products and services. So actually, they know better. So the leaders are you know, are now expected to listen more and really have that facilitation skills, mm -hmm. as opposed to, uh, you know, uh, you know, giving out the answers. Mm -hmm. So that's the trend I see. So when I read this, I sort of feel like, yeah, that makes sense because if you're a leader and people want to follow you, uh you need to know their needs, their inner voices, as opposed to, you know, trying to impose your uh, your will or your desires onto the people. So that's the first thing I saw. Wow, and that's that that brings up. I'm I'm having so many flashbacks right now to uh -huh. work, working in IT because. Tiana, my God, like there are so many, many times where in, in, in meetings between I, IT and the business side of, of things where 
there really was no listening at, at all that it, it was so um, just absurd in so many ways because I don't know if within the business side of things themselves, there's a lot of dis- distrust and kind of games being played and, and dishonesty and, and more of that. But but generally within IT, I think en- engineers are pretty thoughtful and, and honest and open people. They, mm-hmm. they really want to sit down and think through the complexity of things and deliver an honest report and an honest assessment mm-hmm. of what needs to be done and, and generally think things through to a degree of accuracy mm-hmm. that that the business people just they can't even fa- fathom i think because they're thinking more big picture mm-hmm. but so often when the engineers would deliver their assessments to the business side of things that it would just sort of be like oh well we still need it in two weeks even if the person said you know well to do this correctly it's going to be X, Y, and Z, or maybe two, two months. And I just, I never really got a sense that, um, there was a lot of openness, deep listening, really taking things in when, um, different parts of the business were communicating with each other, that it seemed to be more of this, like you were saying, well, I, I have my, my agenda, I'm going to come in and ask you what you think, but then I'm still going to stick to my agenda without changing anything mm-hmm. um, based upon you you talking. That there was this sort of hollowness to it that never, um, it seemed pretty much at every place I went that there was a lot of that going on. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's still the uh, the dominant culture is still, uh, you know, as you are describing, uh, you know, what the executive coach is trying to do is to work with these leaders so these leaders can set good examples mm. and over time to transform culture. But mm. it's very hard. You know, mm-hmm. it's very hard. It's not uh, as uh, intuitive or as natural as these leaders are because they, they're so used to, you know, in our uh, uh Using the uh, you know uh, you know the uh, archetypes right mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. it's it's part of our collective you know unconsciousness you know yeah. to act that way you know that leader is the you know the person at the very top and controlling and commanding yeah that there's there's something in our bones almost that that wants us to have there's sort of like this hero worshiping where we, we, we want heroes in our culture and in our society so that we feel safe. Yes. And, yes. and if that person isn't, I mean, that's the appeal of, that was the appeal of, of Trump and I'm not going to go into a, a Trump tangent, but, but that is what people see and people like them. They want someone who's so certain, so yes. convinced that, that they're going to be able to overpower and, and win and to some extent, you know, that, that works and that's, that's true, but then there's limits to that. And obviously when, when it becomes only about that person, we can see really 
catastrophic, tragic outcomes when a when a leader goes to the extreme with with being the kind of company hero. Yeah, yeah. I guess like after it, you know, again, not to uh, you know get into the Trump thing. Uh, I think now you can see after these years, you know, at least some of the people in the society are tired of tired of or exhausted mm-hmm. by his style. So getting back to this chapter, you know, in the uh, one of the sentences, 事已天下,乐推而不厌. Mm, yeah. Right? So, so the, 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 the whole world will ask for uh, his or her guidance, but never get tired of him or her. Mm-hmm. So, you know, not everyone is tired of Trump, but some portion. I, you know, I remember mm-hmm. several years ago, some people wanted to have a change, right? Mm-hmm. In the, mm-hmm. the style of the president and mm-hmm. he give somebody like an outsider a chance. Mm-hmm. So that signals, you know, the openness of the people in this culture that mm-hmm. they want to try new things, not, right? Mm-hmm. But then, you know, after these years, you know, the way that a uh, leadership style came across I, I must have exhausted you know a lot of people yeah i mean generally when when you have um your citizens storming the the capital mm-hmm. something has gone uh, amiss and 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 obviously we do see quite clearly that 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 trump was the the instigator of that and the leader of that. And, and even though the, the, the Senate didn't convict him, mm-hmm. there was far more senators that, that voted across party lines than historically would have done. And, and knowing how partisan of a society in a time that we're in to see that many Republicans vote to convict him was, was actually more surprising to me than that he wasn't convicted, even though it it was clear he he was guilty of inciting mm-hmm. treason, and 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 even though Congress ultimately failed to um, do anything, mm-hmm. um, you know, we'll, we'll, I think hi- history will will certainly say yes, he he um, incited this. He he got these people to do exactly what they did, and then. Um, did nothing to stop it. And so clearly Trump fits into that category of leader who who is detested. I mean, the, the word yen, to, to detest yes. something. Yeah. I mean, Trump, even though he has his kind of cult followers, I think by far he is the most detestable and detested leader that I mean, certainly in more than a, a century. I mean, I don't know what president would have been detested to the level that Trump is detested by so many people. Right, right. I mean, even a lot of people, uh, like including Mitch McConnell, you know, they really, I think mm-hmm. at the at the heart of their heart, they don't mm-hmm. want to uh, deal with him anymore, right? They no, they detest him too. They might right. not say it openly, but Mitch McConnell obviously detests Donald Trump. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, getting back to our discussion, there's a limit to that kind of overpowering 
kind of style, right? You, mm-hmm. um, but I was wondering, uh, you know, at what point, you know, as Lao Tzu describes, uh, when you're talking with humility and with empathy, and when you put uh, everyone's uh, interest, best interest in front of yourself, mm-hmm. um, you know, people, for example, if I, you know, uh, you know, it's maybe too early to uh, make any judgment. Like, look at uh, the current president. Mm-hmm. You know, when I, uh, you know, listen to him talk, or maybe just some of the, you know, the little things uh, that appear on the on the internet, like uh, he and Jill at the White House, you know, playing with a dog, and then mm-hmm. Jill put together, you know, this Valentine's thing, right? So I feel like they are the people with that kind of a humble style mm-hmm. and a mix with uh, people instead of like putting themselves above people. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 not a um a gold-plated presidency. Mhm. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that there's been a sense from the beginning of there's an actual human being inside there. Mm-hmm. It's it's not just this narcissistic wound that is constantly craving validation. Mm-hmm. And and no, it's 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 polar opposite. Mm-hmm. Personally, you know, I it, even though it's uh, too early to say, you know, whether you know because people will judge him based on, you know, what he's able mm-hmm. to achieve, right? Mm-hmm. But I would say what he's, his ability to achieve also depends a lot on, uh, you know, the institutions and people he works with, right? But as long from a, a person, on the, you know, looking at him, uh, I, as long as he, I, I can see his best effort, he's trying, you know, he's mm-hmm. making progress, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think uh, I will also understand maybe there's some things he wouldn't be able to achieve, you know, mm-hmm. because of the constraint. But I need to see his effort. So mm-hmm. far, I can see that he's not playing golf like every mm-hmm. week. Mm-hmm. So I can see that um, he he's working hard. Mm-hmm. So it seems like, you know, the way he just, uh, you know, interacts with the ordinary people and also the way that he is uh, working uh, you know, I, I really like. I really feel like I, uh, I respect him. Mm-hmm. I respect him. You know, I'm watching. You know what else he can accomplish. But so far, I feel like, gosh, this is this is the kind of leader. Uh, you know, I, I know we are all having high expectations of leaders nowadays, but at least this is the kind that. That that is worthy of that <laughs> that position. Yeah, there, it's that that soft power. Which, when when I think about power and and Tao Te Ching, I, th- I think about Taiji and and how mm-hmm. um, or or Tai Chi that in in that expression of power and in, in that martial art that it's 
it's the same idea of you, you, you never are actually competing with the opponent. What you're doing is you're constantly balancing yin and yang. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and if you're yang all the time and, and, you know, that's what exhausts people when you're mm-hmm. this like strong masculine force 24 mm-hmm. seven, that's mm-hmm. exhausting. And obviously, if you're too yin, then you're too weak of a leader and you're never really, mm-hmm. you know, maintaining the boundaries that you need to create and, and keeping things balanced mm-hmm. like that. And so to me, a, a, a president who um, isn't competing is a president that they're essentially just always kind of balancing yin and yang, you know, is, is this a place, do I need to be a little softer here mm-hmm. or do I need to be a little more firm mm-hmm. here or, or stronger here? And of course, like you can apply that to really any, anything. I mean, obviously now there's details and complexity to figure out, but you can apply it to domestic situations. You can apply it to global situations and, and essentially looking at, the flow of energy and power Mm -hmm. throughout these institutions and systems, Mm -hmm. what needs applied here to balance it out? Exactly. That must be a question. I don't know whether uh, Biden is actively thinking about or unconsciously thinking about. Uh, So uh, one of the questions I have is, uh, what do you think so far? Is he too on the side of Ying and, uh, or he needs to be a little bit more young uh, in on certain fronts, in your view, or in, maybe in the views of other people. Who... Well, it's not quite been. It's not quite. It hasn't even. It's easy to forget because the, when when Trump left office, it felt like such a huge relief. Yeah. Um, it's hard to believe it's only been three weeks. It hasn't even been. It hasn't even been a full month since mm. Biden has been president. And I'd say so far, you know, he's, I, I don't follow the um, kind of the, the mainstream media real closely. So I don't know how much he's out there in, in a lot of places. Like I'm sure if you're on Twitter and following mm-hmm. his account and, you know, everyone else that it feels like they're very present because I'm sure they're putting a lot out on social media. So I don't know, but I I think it, it makes sense that just kind of lay low, which is exactly what Lao Tzu would say, right? Like lay low. Well, lay low, for example, with the current uh, uh, impeachment, you know, the media threw a lot of the uh, breadcrumbs or threw, Mm -hmm. threw some questions uh, at him and say, mm-hmm. uh, Mr. President, what do you think? I think he is wise enough to, you know, not to engage in a mm-hmm. in a bigger conversation on that front, and instead, mm-hmm. and focusing on, you know, what he's tasked to do. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is that part of the lay low? I, I guess. Yeah, I think that's it. Just like kind of like in in programming, we would call it heads down coding. Like we're not we're not trying to like be in every meeting and, and trying to, you know, put our message into everything. We're just kind of like heads down trying to get, get things done. 
and I'm totally projecting there. I have no idea what he's what he's doing or or what might be going on. But I imagine a big part of of what it is about is is the the COVID response and getting yes. the stimulus bill passed. And I'm sure that's one reason that they kind of fast tracked this in, impeachment. So it'll it'll be really interesting to see now that I think that we it's kind of that hurdle now, right? Like we were still kind of weighed down with, you know, the, the Senate trial of, of Trump mm-hmm. and, and, and granted there were some negotiations on the COVID stimulus bill there, but now we're actually going to get to see Biden's presidency start. You know, there's no more of this Trump BS lingering out there. Let's see what happens with this COVID bill. Let's see what happens with this, um, what actually gets passed. Mm-hmm. Is he able to get the two sides to agree on something that um, is is really good for the people? I mean, this is really going to be his first test of um, is he going to be effective after almost fifty years in in government and working both sides of of the aisle? Is mm-hmm. he going to be able in this hyper partisan situation that we're in? Yes, I think he. Some people observe that uh, the kind of time we are living in is different from the time he was, you know, uh, when he served as a senator. What do you think is the most different? Uh, well, in terms of the collaboration between the two sides. Yeah. You know, Just all of the, yeah. Very divisive. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think even on that front, uh, I can see that he's juggling uh, between the spirit of a bipartisan approach and also using the power of uh, you know the the Democrats uh, as a majority, right? Mm-hmm. A little slight majority mm-hmm. uh, in the Senate, uh, and 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 also the uh, House of Representatives. So, in other words, what if, like, say? You have that desire, that intention, uh, but at the same time, the reality of the partisan politics, right, stand in the way. Mm-hmm. Are you going to like just like uh, blindly, you know, like trust that will work out, or do you have to be discerning about where do you you want to draw the line? Yeah, I think that's where that that expertise in in using yin and yang, you know, softness and and hardness, yeah, is is you know, as a politician, is is going to have to to come in into play. I mean, that's what I think. Ultimately, even if there's polarization, a, a, a true sage who's a politician, mm-hmm. I mean, like. They should be able to go in and and bring people like create harmony. I mean, isn't that what Taoism is really about? It's about creating harmony. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that harmony is based on Tao, right? Mm-hmm. So there's still, at the end of the day, is the true is the North Star there. So in this instance, I guess you have to, there's a, a tactical level, 
Mm. There's also the fundamental level. Mm-hmm. I think that at the fundamentals, the the really fundamentals for Biden is the American people, right? Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. at the end of the day. Are you doing things, whether you're doing uh, faster or slower? You're doing mm-hmm. it bipartisan or, you know, maybe more uh, determined on the, you know, with the support of the Democrats. Mm-hmm. These are tactics. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, you have to gauge through the lens of the American people. Yeah, his popularity. And and that's ultimately always what's going to, to matter most. If he can stay, uh, you know, a, a, a more popular president than um, Trump, I think he will be more effective. I mean, of course, Trump was one of the lowest rated presidents ever. I mean, he never had an approval rating above 50%, where Biden has started off, you know, and with a, a much higher a, approval rating. And and yeah, that's that's going to be the key metric. Is, is he able to maintain support of the American people? Yeah, yeah. And the distraction for him, I guess, two major distractions I can see. One is from the the Republican side, right? People will say, "Oh, when 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 people when when they see that him trying to uh, push it faster mm. because there's an urgency to it." Yeah. Then people say, "Are you really serious? Are mm. you sincere mm-hmm. about your uh, you know, this unity thing mm-hmm. or this a bipartisan thing?" You know, those voices will come out, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If he, you know, fall into that trap. I don't think it, it, it served him well. So mm. despite people say, uh, he still needs to keep his eyes focused on the American people. What's the mm. bottom line? Mm-hmm. And then the other side is like, maybe, you know, there are some voices from the Democrats party, the more progressive part, uh, will push him and say, oh, mm. you need to really do this because mm-hmm. a lot of people voted, voted you because, uh, voted for you because of this. Then that push, he needs to weigh it mm-hmm. and determine, and then determine, you know, what that path is. Yeah, no easy task when people's views of how our society should look are so different. Yeah, yeah, because these views, I think, uh, I see similar things in the corporate world. Is, uh. You can't, first of all, you cannot please all. You know, you cannot make everybody happy. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, a leader still needs to, uh, you know, make trade-offs and judge at that given time and space and follow a, a, a North Star. And that mm-hmm. North Star, you know, hopefully is not his self-interest. You know, like, like, yeah. like, like say, Trump. You know, everything mm-hmm. like Trump does or says, it's all revolving yeah. You know, whether serve his interests. That's a, another yeah. kind of ironic business thing. business interests. Yeah, ironic thing because he talks about American interests. Mm-hmm. But when you see all the behavior through all these years, mm-hmm. it's kind of hard to see, you know, despite it's... Yeah. Yeah, I never saw it. I mean, I, I only saw someone who was interested in his interests, his business interests, the, the family's interests, the family business interest and and that actually leads me to the second question i have for for today you were talking about this this north star that you know some of the wording in this chapter 
it it says things like you know if if the sage wants to be above people he has to put himself lower um that kind of 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 language mm -hmm. is is the sage anything more than just kind of a a cunning politician yeah that's manipulative that kind of knows like okay, well, I have to act humble if I want to be above people, but really I want to be above people. I mean, isn't that kind of just being kind of m manipulative and cunning, or, or is there more to it than that? I mean, is there a spirit or a heart to being a sage where, like you were talking about tactics, there's these tactics of modesty and, and humility, but these are kind of tactics that I'm using to, to get to some other goal of of leading but even then is there is there more to it than that what is that north star so that it's not just manipulative and, and cunning that's a great question I, I i well uh first of all uh you know when i read that um i was reminded of you know some verses in the bible mm. uh let me just uh quote a few uh, mm. to see the similarities. Um, one verse is in Matthew 23, 11. Jesus said, whoever wants to be the greatest should be everyone's servants. In Mark chapter 9, 35, Jesus said, anyone who wants to be first must be the very last. Then there's another saying, like when we, uh, Paul said in Corinthians, like when we are weak, we are strong. I find it quite interesting because it seems like the message, you know, it has a similar orientation toward it, mm -hmm. right? Whoever, you know, everybody wants to be the first, but you, in order to be the first, you have to be the last. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very psychological in the sense of if, if you have a bunch of self-interested people and you're trying to get them to work together, yeah, coming up with this saying is is really psychologically genius to say like, oh, well, if you want to be first, you have to be the person who sort of is the biggest servant to everyone. That's the person who's who's first. So you're you're co-opting the self selfish desires of of people, yeah, so that. They're still active, but they're working in the service of other people instead of everyone just sort of competing with each other. Yeah, yeah. So uh, in history, you know, I looked at also, uh, I remember uh, in the Chinese culture, uh, Laozi, uh, some scholars or even Confucian scholars mm. did accuse him of, you know, using the word of cunning, crafty, mm. manipulative like a very mm. old, like a very uh, foxy guy. Mm. You know, I, I think uh, there are people who accuse him of that. Uh, also, there are other views who says, when you look at the whole Dao uh, De Jing, the spirit that he tried to convey, uh, he's really, uh, you know, he's in, uh, uh, there's some intentionality about you know, uh, about the, these tactics. But at the end of the day, uh, all that he's saying is uh, we should emulating Tao, you know, which is the Tao characteristic, mm. right? 
-hmm. What does Dao do? Dao doesn't like try to be uh, self-centered mm-hmm. or possessive, right? Mm-hmm. Gets a lot of things accomplished, uh, but really remain in the, that low, open, mm-hmm. you know, a position that no one, you know, with ego wants to occupy. Yeah, with the that water metaphor again of just how how powerful of a metaphor it is when we're trying to understand um, Lao Tzu's meanings and, and how much he used that. And so in this case, the, the leader who is willing to sink low, I mean, maybe it's that leader who goes on the factory floor. Yes. And talks with the workers who, you know, like that water that that flows downhill to go down to the base of the mountain and and, and finds out like what what's there. Yes, yes. Uh, obviously, inevitably, you will end up like any great idea or any uh, you know wisdom, uh, you know, across cultures. There are hypocrites. Mm-hmm. Right in Christianity, mm-hmm. like the Pharisees, mm-hmm. and then I guess in the Chinese culture, whether it's Confucianism or Taoism, mm-hmm. there are people who kind of want to create that veneer, right? That facade of being humble and being mm-hmm. uh, speaking humbly. Mm-hmm. Uh, There's frauds in everything. Yes, yes, yes. That kind of a lack of integrity. But what he's really talking about is, I think it's based on both the human nature and uh, uh, heavenly, like uh, heaven and earth, right? The, mm-hmm. the Taoist nature mm-hmm. that uh, in order to effectively lead, uh, you actually need to be, <laughs> you know, put your interests, mm-hmm. your own interests behind. Mm-hmm. You need to be humble. It's just that mm-hmm. kind of a paradoxical thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and how how um, much growth do you think that our 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 leaders still need in, in your experience in this area? I mean, are we halfway there? Are we quarter of the way there? Are we not? I mean, where? What do you think? I think less than half. Yeah, that's my sense. Mm-hmm. Um, there will be. Here and there, like these leaders who who, who have this. Uh, oh, another uh, terminology in our field is called servant leadership. Mm-hmm. Servant leadership, like a leading as a servant mm-hmm. with a servant uh, leader mindset. Um, everybody is talking about that, but still, I feel like there are only, you know, very few. The dominant thing right now with our system, you know, capitalism, you know, all, all that social forces, mm-hmm. uh, they're, they're just not many. Yeah, it's, it's, it comes down to our, our value system and that when, when our culture creates these values of, wealth and, and fame and, and being, mm-hmm. you know, the so wealthy and, and all these things, it, it really is at odds with 
um, pointing people in a direction that that would would put us above halfway halfway there that and in some ways we we we've really created cultures just you know around the world now that it's so much on um you know consumerism and material wealth and and what um what you can kind of put in the face of other people right and 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 you know now we've got influencers and this is a whole nother thing i mean but they're a type of leaders and and these influencers who are are really just promoting products and and lifestyles but the lifestyle generally that they project is one where their life is better than yours yes yes and and how far do we have to go when that's still what our culture is creating. We're not creating a culture of putting yourself below others. We're creating still this hyper um, opposite. It's, it's, it's opposite to a hyper degree where, you know, the goal is to kind of show my life is so much better than yours. Well, that's a great question. That's a great question. Probably that's a question we can continue our discussion uh, during our next session, but mm-hmm. the immediate reaction is probably as far as people can bear the emptiness of mm. this approach. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I the feel like within, yeah, I feel like this whole approach, whatever you call it, will be defeated by the forces it generates. That's mm. also the working mm-hmm. of doubt. Yeah. For example, if the leaders continue to feel that they are able to manipulate people to enslave them, mm-hmm. enslave them, mm-hmm. people eventually will find all kinds of ways to get away from it. Mm-hmm. So that approach starts to meet its own enemy mm-hmm. when people are not cooperating anymore because mm-hmm. people are, you know, definitely people will weigh because their livelihood will base on some of that, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. That our survival instinct. But people nowadays, I feel like they can find more ways to, you know, to um, sabotage or defeat that kind of approach. Because mm. it starts, all starts from that awareness. More and more people are aware of this, the f- futility or emptiness of this mm. kind of thing. Yeah, it's with, not a time it's like behavior wise, like Mitch McConnell like say hate the Trump type of people, mm-hmm. but he still he 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 cannot act it out in in behavior. Mm-hmm. But people have a heart, have mm-hmm. a North Star in here. Mm. So that's probably the hope. Yeah, that I think that there is there is still that spiritual part of us that really screams out for something more and i and i think our spiritual heart is crying out and and people are going to want to start expecting a a lot more of that but i'm i really appreciate us having a chance to to meet up again this morning david me too
really enjoy our conversation. And thank you to the listeners for joining us and exploring Tao Te Ching while we're all trying to understand how to walk the timeless way. <laughs>